Welcome back to your weekly fantasy football update here on the Queen City Sports Podcast. It's your host, Cameron Lee. Welcome back, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning back in for this week's update on fantasy football. Got a lot to get into from week five. There was a lot that went down over the weekend, so we'll go over a recap each game. I was able to get to each game this week on NFL Game Pass. Shout out to my father-in-law for that. So uh, we'll go ahead and check around the league, see what happened in each game. Um, we'll go let, let you know who did well, who didn't. We'll let you know some of the injuries up, the updates. Um, I know a lot of y'all know about what happened to Dak down there in Dallas. So prayers out to Dak Prescott and his family. Hope that he has a speedy recovery, gets back gets back in there pretty soon. Um, we'll go over a couple of my fantasy records. I went 2-2 two two again this week, so we're looking to prove that, try to get the 4-0 next week in all four leagues. We'll review some of the trades I made, and you know we'll talk a little bit about next week and get into some, some of my weekly picks. We'll do that right here on the Queen City Sports Podcast. Let's get ready. All right, as always, going to go ahead and start off with the Cincinnati Bengals first. want to let you guys know before I get started that we do have a Cincinnati Bengals talk show on this channel that I do with my co-host Jesse Salzar. We put that out every Sunday night, Monday morning, um, recap of the Bengals game from this previous weekend. A lot of content on there. If you guys are interested in the Bengals or if you're Bengals fans and want to hear about that, definitely would advise you to go listen to that. But I'll go ahead and touch on the game a little bit right now. Uh, we got absolutely destroyed on Sunday. It was 27 to three and it wasn't really even that close. Baltimore got after us. And the thing about it was that it wasn't a typical Baltimore game from them. Uh, Lamar Jackson, them only put up 20 points on the offensive side of the ball and it didn't look great doing it. Um, if I can go back and look at the stats real quick, I know that Lamar kind of struggled with the Bengals a little bit on Sunday. So I'm looking at the stats now. looks like he was 19 for 37 for 180 yards, had two TDs and interceptions. So fantasy-wise, it's not a bad day, but that's not typically what you expect from a Lamar Jackson-led offense. Um, right now, I know that him and Hollywood Brown are really working on connecting on that deep ball. Just haven't been able to come up with it yet. And you saw that against the Bengals. They were taking a lot of shots, but the Bengals were actually able to put a little bit of pressure on Lamar that day. I know that we got about three sacks, I think, and they were able to get back there a few times and just kind of disrupt what he was what he was trying to do. But when you don't get anything from your offense, this is what this is what's going to happen. And our offensive line wasn't giving Burrow any time. Now Burrow was hanging on to the ball a lot, but it was just not a good day for our offense. And for having an offensive coach, it just wasn't really a good look. Weren't able to put any drives together. And the only drive that they were able to put together, Michael Thomas ended up end up fumbling and that got returned for a touchdown. So pretty bad day all around with the Bengals and Ravens. But like I said, if you want to get any content from that game, I really advise you check out our last episode, which is the Bengals and Ravens recap. You get a lot there. All right, a few tidbits from this game. Um, there is something I actually want to bring up because I actually made a trade that actually involves this game. So in my Any Given Sunday League, made a trade for Joe Burrow and Mike Evans over the weekend, traded Gurley and T. Higgins away for both of them. I needed a quarterback with Cam Newton in the whole COVID situation. So I traded for Joe Burrow and Mike Evans, and I actually had Justin Herbert on my team as well, but I had to drop him to pick up a defense since the Patriots defense was also going to be on a bye this week. So I picked up another defense and dropped Herbert and went with Joe Burrow. Now, the experts were saying not to go with Joe Burrow for good reason. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens. It was the first time he was playing him, and it was in Baltimore. I didn't I didn't listen, and I paid the consequences for it. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't have a great day in the office in, in Baltimore. He went 19 for 30, 483 yards in an interception, and then he had the fumble from Mike Thomas on the completion on the one drive that we actually like we were getting something done. Michael Thomas fumbles that, and they return it for a touchdown, which gave him 27 points. Game ended up being 27-3, like I said earlier. 
just wasn't wasn't a good game for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon had 24 rushes for 59 yards on the ground, only averaging 2.5 yards per carry. He did have six catches in the passing game, which helped fancy owners I know out there. But, man, we're, we're looking to get Joe Mixon going on the ground right now. And that's when you're going to see his biggest ceiling is when he's able to run the ball. Um, yes, he got a couple passes out the backfield this week, but you can even just see it on his face, man. He's frustrated because he wants to get the run game going for the Bengals, and he's just not able to right now. Now, switching over to the Ravens side of the ball, you know, their backfield, they got three solid running backs back there but no one's taking that backfield by the horns and Baltimore's not looking to give it to anybody right now. They're looking to use all three of those guys. Like I said, they're looking to get Lamar improved in the passing game. And the way to do that is to have three running backs that you can run the ball with. So you're not running with, with Lamar all the time. Now Lamar did struggle in the passing game this week and I continue. I'll see. I, I think that that's going to continue a little bit, but I think it's also going to improve as well as the season progresses. But in this backfield situation when it comes to fantasy, I wouldn't be looking to add any Ravens running back at this point. Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins are all getting equal time, and they're they're going to continue to do that moving forward. Now, on the receiving side, if it ain't Mark Andrews or Hollywood Brown, I'm not looking to add anybody else from this team. Those are going to be the two guys that Lamar's looking to the most. Yes, Miles My- Boykin gets thrown in there every now and then, but right now, even watching that game yesterday, My- My- Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews are the guys that, that – Lamar's looking for when he drops back to pass. All right, let's head up north and talk about the Colts and the Cleveland Browns. I know we got some Browns fans out there. I'm actually going to start first with the Colts. Colts lose 23 to 32 to the Browns. Phillip Rivers has another awful game, goes 21 of 33 for 243 yards and two picks. And like I was talking to one of my my guys um, from Indianapolis before the season, you know, I just don't think that Phillip Rivers is the answer. Didn't think he was the answer last year. And then to pick him up this year and think that he was the missing key to being a winning football team. Yeah, no, I just don't think so. Not at 37 years old. I think Phillip Rivers is a little bit washed up, can't throw the deep ball anymore. And he's basically made T.Y. Hilton become – an ineffective fantasy player this year for the first time in a lot of years. So definitely um, looking to, uh, if you've got Phillip Rivers as your quarterback, we're definitely looking to move on from him. Definitely look to upgrade that position. As far as their run game, you know, Jonathan Taylor is going to be their running back. Didn't get a lot done on the ground this weekend as far as uh, yards. He only had 12 carries for 57 yards this week. Did have a touchdown, so I know that's good for fantasy owners out there. But it looks like it's going to be his backfield moving forward. But for them, the with them, they, they got to be winning games, and that's where you're going to really see Jonathan Taylor's um, scores go up a little bit higher. But right now, they're just not getting it from the quarterback position. And like I mentioned with the wide receivers, you know, T.Y. Hilton had six catches for 69 yards. I believe that was one of his best games of the year. But they got a couple guys injured. It's like Paris, Paris Campbell's hurt, and I believe that their number one pick from this season out of USC, uh, Pittman, is hurt as well. So, I mean, outside of that, they got T.Y. Hilton, Marcus Johnson, and Ashton Dullins who, you know, those last two guys, I wouldn't be looking at picking either one of them guys up. But, you know, hopefully they can kind of get this thing going. I did have Jack Doyle at the beginning of the season, but it looks like Mo Ali Cox is looking to become more of that pass-catching tight end for them. So um, just continue to take a look at the Colts. They got the Bengals next week, so I'm really anxious about that game. think we got a shot. Um, I do know the Colts have a really, really stout defense, so be on the lookout for that. Let's go ahead and move on to the Browns. I know a lot of people want to hear about them. You know, Baker Mayfield had another good game, went 21 for 37, 247 yards. He did have two interceptions, but he also had two uh, touchdowns as well. So Odell Beckham even got in the passing game a little bit. He went one for one for 18 yards. I believe that that was a pass to Austin Hooper up the sideline on a little trick reverse play, tr- trick play on a reverse pass. So, um, you know, Odell Beckham's, man, they're really starting to kind of use him a lot in that Cleveland offense, which is what I kind of expected. 
them to happen. I know they got off to a really slow start, but when you got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, you got to run the ball. When with when you made the improvements to the offensive line like the Browns did this offseason, you got to run the ball. And I believe that they're doing a very, very good job of that. Kareem Hunt had 20, 20 carries for 72 yards, so playing really well. And I believe he had a couple passes in the past game as well. Yeah, he had three catches for 21 yards and a touchdown. So Kareem Hunt filling in for Nick Chubb really, really well right now. Their backup, Dearness Johnson, did get out there a little bit, had eight carries for 32 yards. Not a whole lot. Did have a catch for four yards. But, yeah, look, he's really filling in for that um, backup role now that Kareem Hunt's really kind of taking over that backfield. And as far as the wide receivers, you know who we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Jarvis Landry. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham. Both of them, Jarvis Landry had four catches for 88 yards, and Odell had five catches for 58 yards. So, you know, that's kind of what you're going to see from these receivers. Yes, they're talented, and yes, there's days like last week where Odell Beckham can go off for three touchdowns, and, you know, you're going to get the the real big scores in fantasy. But typically, this is what you're kind of going to get from Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, unless they get a touchdown thrown to him, which in this game, unfortunately, they did not. Those those touchdowns went to, uh, in the other direction. But if you've been watching them and been watching them real closely, you know, Baker's really standing. Both those guys there telling them to stay patient. And I think that they're actually turning a corner up there in Cleveland where they're more worried about winning right now. You know, they're sitting at four and one for the first time in a long, long time. So, you know, they scored 30 points in four consecutive games for the first time since 1968. You know, it's not something typically we see from a Cleveland Browns team. You know, they've won four straight games for the first time since 2009, and that was week 14 to 17 towards the end of the season. So, you know, the Browns are doing some good things. I will continue to keep an eye on them. And next week they go into a big matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So anxious to see how that unfolds in the AFC North. You know, this has really been Pittsburgh and Baltimore's division. Um, every now and then, you know, we squeeze out a division title, but, you know, moving forward, you know who you got to beat to win this division. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. So anxious to see what the Cleveland Browns can do this weekend against the Steelers. All right, we got the Ohio teams out the way. Let's take it back to Thursday night football with our first game of the week, which was between the Bears and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers came out came out on the losing end on this game, 19 to 20. Nick Foles and company able to pull it through in the end. Basically, I think because Tom Brady forgot it was fourth down. Uh, they've been that's been a lot of talk about that over this past week. Uh, with Tom holding up the four fingers, asking if they had another down, and then in the interview after the game, saying that he didn't, he knew exactly what down it was when clearly he didn't. Um, but you know that's what happens when you do a short week in a road game in the NFL. I actually picked the Bears in my weekly pick them to win this game, just because of those things. You know, it's a short week. Buccaneers got a lot of injuries right now. Uh, Chris Godwin's out, missing a few receivers. Um, Mike Evans is clearly hurt with the hamstring and the ankle right now. So, you know, I just thought that they were a little bit shorthanded on a short week. And then you got Nick Foles um, coming in with a team that's playing pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. And offensively, they just got to, you know, put some drives together, which Trubisky just hasn't been able to do for them. I know he was able to do it in the first couple games. But, you know, to get benched like that, you know, you bring in this guy, you know, you're looking for something else on that offensive end. So uh, Nick Foles gets the job done with a 20 to 19 victory over the Bears, over the Buccaneers. I'm sorry. Talking a little bit too fast right now. But uh, yeah, Nick Foles goes 30 for 42, 243 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And, you know, that's kind of the performances that you're going to see from Nick Foles. You know, he's not going to do a lot to, you know win you the game he's not one of those quarterbacks that can go out there and win you the game by himself but you know he does enough to where he can put you in positions to win the football game and that's exactly what he did here with the bears david montgomery shout out cincinnati ohio 10 rushes for 29 yards he couldn't get anything going on the ground but he did get in the end zone and i believe that he had a few catches he had seven catches actually for 30 yards 
So um, doing some good things in the past game. David Montgomery, continue to look out for him. I believe that he's going to continue to do big things moving forward for this Bears offense as soon as they get that run game going. So uh, in the passing game, Allen Robinson continues to be the best receiver on the Bears and a, and a locked-in wide receiver number one for fantasy. Ten catches for 90 yards. Cordell Patterson was getting involved every which way for this Bears offense through running, through running, through returning, you know, putting him out at wide receiver, getting involved a lot. Don't know if he has a lot of fantasy upside, but just just continue to look out. You know, Cordell Patterson can surprise a lot of people, so continue to look out for him. Jimmy Graham, three catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. is going to continue to be a red zone threat, as he always has been throughout his career. Shout out James Dews in Miami University down there doing big things. And Anthony Miller had four catches for 28 yards. And, you know, those are really kind of the guys that to look at as far as the Bears offense and fantasy. Doing some good things there. And like I said, if you need a backup quarterback, Nick Foles, I think, is a, is a reliable backup option if you already got someone pretty pretty good starting for you right now. Going over to the Buccaneers side of the ball, let's talk about Tom Brady. 25 for 41, 253 yards, one touchdown. And the biggest thing that I saw in this game was that he just couldn't get he just couldn't get anything going on the offensive end. I think it was just like you said, he had a lot of injuries. You know, no Godwin out there. Chris Mike Mike Evans already a little banged up against a tough defense. It was just going to be a tough ask. And he only lost by one point. I mean, if I, I I think that if he realizes that it's third down, he takes that check down on fourth down, they get a first down, and they get in field goal range and kick a field goal to win. But I'll take the Bears' victory. Ronald Jones was destroying the Bears on the ground. They had no answer for him. 17 carries for 106 yards. Thought they should have used him a little bit more, to be completely honest. Um, He was just gashing the Bears run after run, and he only had 17 carries. So um, something to look 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 at going forward as well. And then on the receiving end, like I said, Mike Evans, best receiver, only had five catches for 41 yards, had another one-yard touchdown grab. So um, that's good for fantasy owners out there. Cameron Brait, five catches for 44 yards on six targets. Gronkowski had six targets, only caught the ball three times for 52 yards, had a nice screen in the third quarter there that went, that went a ways. So um, continue to look out for that. And like I said, with these injuries on the Buccaneer side of the, of the ball, you're going to get – you're going to get a lot more opportunities for some of these guys. I know in my other league, I had a guy start Scotty Miller, and then he goes out there and gets no catches and no yards. Unfortunately, you know, that's that's going to happen when there's injuries and you're looking to plug a guy in that's not that's not normally in the lineup. So um, make sure that we got some depth at receivers. There's a lot of receivers out there in the free agency pool that people need to start looking at. I'm, I'm going to go over that here a little bit at the end when we start looking at some guys that we can pick up on the waiver wire. But, you know, as far as this Buccaneers team, you know, it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be Evans right now. Maybe even a little bit of Gronkowski with the injuries they got going. I, I just don't understand why they're not using them like they should. Um, I know that this is a pass first offense looking to get the ball down the field, push the ball down the field. But when you got a weapon like Rob Gronkowski, I just feel like you got to use them at least when you get in the red zone. too. I mean, it's just a big body. And with him and Brady's connection, you know, you can definitely make some things happen. So anxious to see how they're going to use Gronkowski moving forward. All right, let's move down to the ATL, talk about the Panthers and the Falcons game from this weekend. Panthers pull out the victory 23-16. I thought the Falcons would pull this victory out and get their first win of the season, but they don't. And in the process, they end up firing their coach, Dan Quinn, and their GM as well. And it looks like Matt Ryan might be the next guy out from the looks of uh, Arthur Blank's comments uh, earlier in this week. So um, keep an eye out for the Falcons. I won't stick too long on this game. Um Falcons, Matt Ryan goes 21 for 37 for 226 yards. No no TDs in a pick. One of those picks was crucial in the red zone, on, trying to make a comeback, throws an interception, basically ended the game. 
So Falcons aren't playing well right now. Julio was out with an ankle injury again this week, so didn't get a lot of playing time. Calvin really steps up as usual, eight catches for 136 yards. The only bright spot in this offense outside of Calvin really was Ty Gurley this weekend. 14 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. Also added four catches in the passing game for 29 yards on five targets. I know a lot of people were sell, sell high on Gurley right now. I actually ended up trading him last week as well. But if you got him, I would hold on to him. Um, I believe that Gurley's going to do big things in fantasy. He always does. His thing is, can he stay healthy and stay on the field? You know, earlier in the season, it looked like he was splitting time a little bit and he wasn't going get, to be getting those, those touches that we that we wanted. But he picked it up right here, right here left, picks it up this game. Um, gets in the end zone, gets over 100 yards on the ground, gets a couple catches. So continue to look girly doing that moving forward. Just got to stay healthy. Let's go ahead and move over to the Panther side of the ball. And I also want to go ahead and give Teddy Bridgewater a shout out because I was giving the Panthers organization just so much crap in the offseason for how they handled the whole Cam Newton situation. Yes, Cam Newton played bad last year. Yes, Cam Newton was hurt. But I felt like if he was completely healthy, um, he was going to be able to do the things that he's doing now. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on Cam Newton until he gets back, but let's go ahead and talk about Teddy Bridgewater. 27 for 37, 313 yards and two touchdowns. That sounds like the Teddy Bridgewater I saw back in Minnesota, the one that went to the playoffs in his first year before the, the nasty injury in the second year. You know, this is the Teddy Bridgewater that, that that I'm seeing right now. They're sitting at three and two right now, five games into the season, guys. He has these guys sitting in a really, really good position. And the way that he's playing with the with the weapons that he's got, he's turned Robbie Anderson into, you know, a really bona fide number one receiver. Um, DJ Moore has now become more of a deep threat, but he's still getting involved in the passing game, as you saw this weekend. So DJ Moore, four catches for 93 yards and a touchdown on five on five targets. But it's Robbie Anderson show 13 targets, eight catches, 112 yards. Robbie Anderson is going to continue to get that moving forward. Like I was telling some people over the weekend, you know, his college coach is now the head coach, Matt Rule of the Panthers. That was his college coach at Temple. So he sees a lot of good things in them. And that's exactly why they brought him down to Carolina when he got the job, because he knows what kind of receiver he can be. So if you got Robbie Anderson, continue to play him moving forward. I continue to see these big numbers um, moving forward with Robbie Anderson. Curtis Samuel getting involved in the rushing and passing game. Continue to keep him locked on your bench because you never know with injuries what could happen. But Curtis Samuel is definitely involved in that Carolina offense as well. So continue to look at him moving forward as well. We'll go ahead and talk about Mike Davis. Mike Davis, 16 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. Also added nine catches for 60 yards in the passing game. I know Christian McCaffrey fans out there are looking at this like, man, we got to get McCaffrey back on the field. Unfortunately, I do think it's going to take a dip into his um, plays when he first comes back. First couple of games, I expect him to keep using Mike Davis the way they've been using him. Maybe even, you know, not split the carries, but, you know, they're going to be trying to get Mike Davis on the field just based off what he's done these past couple of weeks. But they did pay McCaffrey all that money to be the guy. So I do see him taking that role back at some point. But with this 2020 COVID season, you just don't know. And there's like they did it with Devontae Adams and the Packers last week. You know, they're sitting guys because of precaution. You know, they want to get these guys through the full season. And with all the injuries that have been happening through the first couple of weeks, they want to keep these guys healthy. So McCaffrey fans, stay positive. He's coming back soon. But I do believe that he will be in a timeshare his first couple of weeks back because of the performances that Mike Davis has been given over these past couple of games. Okay, let's move into our upset of the week, which was the Oakland Raiders over the Kansas City Chiefs, 40-32. to Derek Carr showed up, guys, 22 of 31, 347 yards, two, three touchdowns and an interception. Derek Carr played really well, guys, and his running game got a little bit of help from Josh Jacobs, 23 carries for 77 yards. Couldn't break anything long in this game. 
But you know you got to keep that run game going so you can get that play action going, which is exactly what the Raiders did. Hooking up with Henry Ruggs on only two catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. So anybody that's out there that's got Ruggs, go ahead and start getting him ready to fire him back up for these next couple of weeks. I believe he's going to be involved in the passing game a lot. This is exactly why they drafted him in the first round. You know, you're going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You better be able to score a lot of points. And one way to do that is be able to stretch the defense with a deep threat. Henry Ruggs is definitely that guy. Hunter Renfro had a big 42-yard catch in that game as well. Darren Waller, five catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. He continues to be a top three tight end moving forward. Plug and play. Don't even think about it. Nelson Aguilar also had two catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. So, hey, Raiders, they might, they're going to surprise people this year. I, I see this team being a solid team, maybe even getting one of those last wild card spots for the playoffs. Derek Carr, when he's been healthy, after his third season, he's been a very good quarterback. It's just been those injuries and the fact that the team's roster hasn't been great over these past couple of years. But I see Derek Carr making a lot of improvement, doing some big things. I actually have him as a backup in one of my leagues. Had him as a backup last year, too. He's a solid quarterback. He's going to give you good numbers. He's not going to do a lot in the rushing game. He's not going to get out and, you know, get you about 20 or 35 rush yards a game. He's not going to do that. But he's going to be consistent. He's going to make the right throw. He's going to he's going to have a high completion percentage, and he's not going to turn the ball over. So look at Derek Carr moving forward if, you, if he's still available in some of you guys' leagues. He's, he's a very solid quarterback to have. You know, not a lot of people are looking for him. Not a lot of people are going to start him right away. But if you're looking for a quarterback that's that's on the free agency wire or you're looking for a backup, Derek Carr is definitely the answer for sure. Let's move over to the Chiefs side of the ball. Patrick Mahomes continues to do Patrick Mahomes type things. 22 for 43, 340 yards, two touchdowns, and he had a pick late that he was trying to force down the field when they were down. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to do Patrick Mahomes numbers. If you drafted him high, I hope you didn't draft him in the first round. I know a lot of people that did. I would continue to wait. I wouldn't draft him that high. But if you did and you got him, Plug him in play. Don't worry about it. He's going to continue to do Patrick Mahomes type things. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a slow game on the ground this week. He had 10 carries for 40 yards, and he also had three catches for 40 yards. So didn't get in the end zone, and everyone was expecting him to have a bounce back week this week. But this is what you're going to get when you're when the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to get everyone's best shot each and every week. As your super, defending Super Bowl champs, you got to know that. So there's going to be some hiccups along the way, especially with the rookie Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But I wouldn't worry about it. I know he's drafted high in a lot of different leagues. Continue to ride him. He'll he'll continue to get better as the season progresses. As far as Tyreek Hill, continues to do Tyreek Hill things as well. Three catches for 78 yards, and he also had three rushes for 15 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill is going to be involved each and every way as long as he's playing for Andy Reid. So continue to play him as well. The thing with Tyreek Hill, staying healthy. Can we stay healthy for 16 games? We can use you all the way through. And then Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the game, eight catches for 108 yards in a TD. That's what Travis Kelsey does. Continue to plug and play him as well. Moving forward, Sammy Watkins was hurt over this weekend. So that means that Miko Hartman, I believe, will step up into a huge role over these next couple of weeks. I actually had Miko Hartman on my roster. I dropped him. Probably shouldn't have did that, but if he is available in any of your leagues, I will grab him now. I believe that he'll continue to put up some big numbers over these next couple of weeks with Sammy Watkins out. Okay, let's move down to Dallas and talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about the Dak Prescott injury. Prayers up to Dak Prescott. Um, It was a nasty injury. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't advise going to look for it. But, you know, Dak had a serious ankle injury, had a surgery on on Sunday. Apparently, the surgery went well. And it's not it's not going to be a career-ending injury. Apparently, it's going to be about a four- to five-month 
recovery process. But, man, it's just that's just sad to see, especially in a contract year where he kind of bet on himself. He took the uh, franchise tag. And we all know that with that, that's only a one year thing. You're not you're not paid the way that you need to be. So um, prayers out to Dak. Hopefully that stuff gets uh, situated um, this offseason. But, um, yeah, it's just hard to see that happen. He was playing so well, having such a great year. Thought he was going to do big things with the Cowboys, even though their defense was really bad this year. But, man, it's just tough to see. Uh, Dak did go 14-21, 466 yards and an interception before the ankle injury. He was leading a touchdown drive. Um, but now it is the Andy Dalton show. Um, so for, from being from Cincinnati, I know all about Andy Dalton. And, you know, this is really kind of a similar situation to what he had when he was in Cincinnati in 2015. Um, in 2015, he had A.J. Green, Mohamed Sanu, and Marvin Jones all playing at the top of their game. I want to say he had he had uh, Hawkins on that team as well in the slot. And he also had um, Joe Mixon. And he had, I want to say, Giovanni Bernard and another running back. I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But Benny Dalton's been on talented teams. And that team went to the playoffs that year. We did lose in the first round, unfortunately, at home. But Andy Dalton's been on t- teams with talented guys around him, and he's shown that he's been able to win games. The biggest thing for him is going to be if he gets in the playoffs, can he win a playoff game? I don't think he can, um, but with this Cowboys team is a lot more talented than that Bengals team was back in 2015 on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to fix some things on the defensive side of the ball because if you're going to be worrying, hoping that Andy Dalton can carry you through the whole season with the offense, you know that's not something that I that that I would I would say that you should assume on. Yes, Andy Dalton has shown that he's been been in the playoffs and he can get things done, but when it's on his shoulders, you know I don't have a lot of trust that Andy Dalton's going to be the guy to get that done. So hopefully they'll be able to lean on the run game a little bit more, get Zeke going, you know maybe even involve Tony Pollard a little bit as well, so that you're not beating Zeke up in the holes each and every week. But I think that the Cowboys can do some good things with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. I believe that they will do that moving forward. Dalton went 9 of 11 for 111 yards to end that game. Had a few good passes on that last drive to Gallup. That really set him up to uh, hit that game-winning field goal, 37-34 to 34 over the Giants. So continue to look at look at the Cowboys. Um, they got some great weapons on, at the receiver position with Gallup, with C.D. Lamb, and with Amari Cooper. Um, C.D. Lamb and Gobb, you know, those guys, they're – it's just going to be up and down with them. I just don't see them getting as much each and every week how they have, how they have been. CeeDee Lamb had eight catches for 124 yards this week, and then Gallup had four for 73, and Amari Cooper was the odd man out this week. It's not going to happen a lot of weeks, but it can with as much talent as they got in that wide receiver room. Cooper had two catches for 23 yards, so that's not something that you like to see from your number one. But I don't see that being an issue moving forward. They just got a lot of weapons. On the other side of the ball for the Giants, the Giants are going to continue to be the Giants. Daniel Jones, 20 of 33. I believe this is going to be his last year as a starting quarterback. I believe the Giants will go and get somebody new in the draft next year. Um, Devontae Freeman on his return, 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. I know that helped out a lot of people out there. Wayne Gallman, who I thought was really going to kind of get a lot more action with the Saquon Barkley injury had five rushes for 24 yards, but he is getting involved in the passing game a little bit. He had two catches, didn't go anywhere with those, but you know, continue to look at Wayne Gallman and Devontae Freeman moving forward. Evan Ingram, two rushes for nine yards and a touchdown. He also had um, one catch for 16 yards. I just don't understand how I don't get this guy involved more, man. I got him as a tight end. Obviously I wanted to see him do well, but man, he's probably the best receiver right now that they got. And they, I just don't feel like they use him at all. 
And um, Golden Tate and Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton had eight catches for 129 yards after the last three weeks of doing nothing after going off in week one. So continue to keep an eye on Darius Slayton. I got him on my, on a few of my teams, but he hasn't started yet because because he hasn't been, been he's been so inconsistent to start the season. You know, with this big game, hopefully that can kind of get him and Daniel J- Jones on the same page moving forward, so that can, they can keep that keep that up. We'll stay in Texas and move down to the Houston Texans, who finally got their first victory of the season, 30-14 to over the Jacksonville Jaguars, like I assumed. Deshaun Watson showed up, 25-35, 359 yards, three TDs, and two interceptions. Looked like they got some new energy now down there in Houston with Romeo Cornell taking over. David Johnson, 17 carries for 96 yards, no touchdowns again. I know it's tough out there, David Johnson fans. I know that we were all expecting this to be the week that he get in the end zone and get it back going. The production and everything else is there, just not the touchdowns. I believe that they will come, continue to ride him, continue to put him in the lineup. They're using him. You know, he just hasn't been able to break that goal line yet. I believe that he'll be able to do that this week. Duke Johnson returned as well, had a couple had a couple rushes, got involved in the passing game as well. Still a little bit early on him. He's working his way back in. But, man, this was the Brandon Cook show. He finally showed up this, this year. Eight catches for 161 yards and a touchdown. Looking like the old Brandon Cooks finally showed up. You know, that's a good sign for everyone out there. I know that he was dropped by a lot of people. He's going to be a number one waiver wire ad again this week for people that did drop him. Um, if you didn't drop him, great. Keep him on the team. We all know what Brandon Cooks can do when he stays healthy and when he's involved. And, you know, through those first four weeks, he just wasn't involved in the offense like we were thinking he would. But they got back on track this week, got him involved. And Will Fuller continues to look like the number one receiver down there in Houston. I actually drafted him in a league. And after that week two performance, I let, I let him go, trade him for somebody else. But he's looking like the number one in Houston that they expected him when they drafted him in the first round a few years ago. Four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. He's playing really, really well. He's only got one drop on the season, and I know that that's kind of been a thing that's been been with him is that he drops passes. He hasn't been doing that this year. He's been playing really, really well. That speed, he's really been separating from corners, getting open. So continue to look at Will Fuller as a number one. If you're looking for to add a receiver who's low and that people aren't thinking a lot of, You know, maybe Will Fuller might be someone that you target that you're looking for. Will Fuller's been having a really, really good season. Randall Cobb continues to be involved in the slot. Six catches for 47 yards. So it's going to be those three moving forward. Cooks, Fuller, and Cobb. I continue to see those guys moving forward. And now Fells is obviously the number one tight end down there. Continue to look at him as well. And Kenny Stills, you know, whenever – you know, they go out four receiver sets. You know, obviously he has a chance to get open, but it wouldn't be someone I'm looking to add to my roster at this time. I'm going over to the Jaguar side of the ball. You know, James Robinson had the fumble on fourth and one when they were in the Wildcat. Not really sure what the Jaguars were doing there. They had a few opportunities actually to kind of cut into this game and make it a game. And then they just made some really, really silly mistakes. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a good look for the Jaguars this weekend. Gardner Minshew, 31 of 49 for 301 yards and two touchdowns. Good fantasy numbers. Good fantasy numbers after the last two weeks. Hasn't really been producing the way that some fantasy guys would like. James Robinson didn't get in the end zone, like I said, but LaVisca Chenault continues to improve week by week by week, and he looked like he's going to be the number one moving forward with the DJ Chark injury down there in Jacksonville now. LaVisca had seven catches for 79 yards, and, you know, they line him up all over the field, backfield, quarterback, wide receiver. He can do it all, and we all remember what he did at Colorado. He's he's a real big-time talent. Continue to see him doing some big things in this Jaguar offense moving forward because outside of that, you know, Tyler Eifert is the most targeted guy in the red zone with Jay Gruden right now. Every time I turn on 
a Jacksonville Jaguars game, they're throwing it to Tyler Eifert, and he's not catching it. He's not catching it. And I think it's just because of the makeup of that team and just because Tyler Eifert's kind of lost a step over these last few years. But they're throwing it to Tyler Eifert a lot. Go look at the targets. He had seven targets from that game, which was second on the team behind LaVisca Chenault and James Robinson. So they're targeting Tyler Eifert a lot. That Cincinnati connection with Jay Gruden obviously is there. They're trying to get him the ball. All right. Thanks for sticking with me, guys. Got a few more games I want to get into, and then we'll start getting into some of those weekly picks, and we'll review some of my picks from last week. But we'll go ahead and continue with the – Chargers and Saints from Monday night. Didn't get to watch all of this. I did actually fall asleep halfway through the third quarter, but I did go back and rewatch it. And it's just a typical Saints Saints effort, man. Um, and it's also kind of a Los Angeles Chargers, just typical kind of loss for them, man. It's kind of similar to the Bengals in a sense where you just kind of know they're going to lose the game. And that's just really how you are with the Chargers at this point. They just lose close games. That's how it is. Had a 10-point lead when I fell asleep and even waking up and seeing them lose. Wasn't surprised that that happened because that's just kind of what the Chargers do. We'll start on the Saints side of the ball. Drew Brees went 33 of 47 for 325 yards, had one TD and one interception. From what I saw at the beginning of the game, he was struggling a lot. Um, still having still having a lot of trouble trying to push the ball down the field. That may be the Mike Thomas effect that I'm thinking. I, I hope that maybe when he gets back in there next week, we'll, we'll see a different Saints team. But with him out of the lineup, this Saints team has really just kind of been hard to read. I haven't been able to tell what kind of team they really are. Alvin Kamara, not much in, a, in the run game. 11 carries for 45 yards. Latavius Murray, eight, catch, eight, eight carries for 34 yards. Not a whole lot on the ground, it looks like. Emmanuel Sanders had 12 catches for 122 yards. Alvin Kamara, Picks it up in the past catch past game with eight catches for 74 yards. Jared Cook, two catches for 52 yards. He did cash out with a touchdown for any Jared Cook users out there. But that's just the kind of year it's been for Jared Cook as well. He's been struggling to really put up any kind of production outside of the touchdown that he got this week. Moving over to the Chargers side of the ball. I actually had Herbert should have started him this week. Went 20 to 34 for 264 yards and four TDs. He looks good. From everything that I've seen, he looks really, really good. I'm still glad that the Bengals drafted Burrow. But, man, he may be looking like the second-best quarterback in the draft right now, and we haven't seen Tua yet, obviously. But, man, he looks really, really good through his first couple of games. Still hasn't been able to pick up his first win yet, but I'm sure it's coming here real soon. Justin Jackson, I actually picked him up off waivers this week. I know he's available in a lot of leagues. Go looking for him. He had 15 carries for 71 yards. Looked like he was getting most of the touches. Josh Kelly did chip in 11 carries for 29 yards, but most of that production was coming from Justin Jackson. Keenan Allen did get a touchdown in the first quarter, had two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown, went to go spike the ball. All of a sudden, he has a back injury out the rest of the game. Um, no update really yet on for next week. So be on the lookout for that, though, with all Keenan Allen users. I believe that they're on a bye week, so you do so you may have some good things to look at with that as far as maybe he'll get you know some retreatment and recovery, and he'll be back good when they come back from their bye week. Mike Williams returned with five catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns, looking like the Mike Williams of old finally. Uh, hadn't really got any of that production last year and wasn't really getting a lot of it at the beginning of this year. He's battling some injuries, but he's back in there now. He's available in a lot of leagues, I know, too, so make sure you go looking for Mike Williams. But like I said, they are on a bye week this week, so maybe start looking towards next week if you want to stash him for this week. Keep him on the roster for next week. Next game, we'll keep this real quick. Cardinals versus the Jets, 30-10, to 10, Arizona. 
and the Jets continue to just be a dumpster fire. Shout out to my old friend Chad Fetcher and his family. I know they're huge Jets fans, but I can feel for you guys right now. It's just not good up there in the Meadowlands. We'll start with the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray, 27 to 37, 380 yards, one TD, one interception in the passing game. He did run one in as well, nine rushes for 31 yards. Chase Edmonds, big pickup. I picked him up in one of my leagues this week as well. Three rushes for 36 yards and a touchdown, and he had five catches for 56 yards. Maybe someone to look at going forward. Um, I like Kenyon Drake, but he just hasn't really been efficient this year. And with Cliff Kingsbury, it looks like Chase Edmonds is more of his kind of running back that he's looking for in his system with, with Kyler Murray and company. So be on the lookout for Chase Edmonds. He might be available in some leagues. If he's if he's not, maybe look to uh, make a move for him. Kenyon Drake did return this game, though, with 18, yards and 60, 18 carries on 60 yards and a touchdown. So King and Drake did have a good return, but be on the lookout for Chase Edmonds. I think that he could do some big things in this offense. DeAndre Hopkins continues to show why he's the best receiver in the league. Six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. And when it was time to put this game out of reach, that's what him and Kyler Murray pretty much did. Christian Kirk, five catches for 78 yards. Larry Fitzgerald, four catches for 35. Got to give a shout-out to the legend, Larry Fitzgerald. Nothing to really talk about on the Jets besides they did let go of Le'Veon Bell for anybody that has Le'Veon Bell out there. It's tough right now. I, I I got him in one of my leagues. I'm gonna keep him for a few weeks. Hopefully a team picks him up. But that's that's a that's a hard blow because I was expecting him to be a three down back in that horrible Jets system. But now it looks like it's Frank Gore's turn. And then honestly, I wouldn't be looking to pick anybody up off the Jets roster anytime soon. So I'm just gonna go ahead and move on to our next game. Our next game that we'll get into is the Battle of Pennsylvania. Philadelphia Eagles versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers come out on top 38 to 29. We'll go ahead and start with the Steelers since they won the game. Big Ben goes 27 to 34, 239 yards and three touchdowns. He's looking real solid through these first couple of weeks. Been a really, really good fantasy player as well. I know I don't really have a lot of great things to say about the Steelers, but I'll try to keep it professional here on the QCSP. But yeah, Ben, ben Big Ben had a good game. Um, Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod. Uh, had a huge run, two rushes for 63 yards, was actually the lead rusher for Pittsburgh. James Conner, though, the bleed horseback, 15 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. He's going to continue to be the lead back for them. Obviously, the production wasn't there this week. Benny Snell, seven carries for set for 19 yards. He'll continue to be the backup. But Ray Ray McLeod, apparently Mike Tomlin really likes this guy, said he needed to get him involved. So they got him involved, and he had a huge run. So be on the lookout for Ray Ray McLeod. Might be using him in the future. Deontay Johnson, who was looking to be like the number one target for Big Ben through the first couple of weeks, had another injury in this game, and that that was very, pretty much the breakout party that Chase Claypool needed, and he did that today. Had four touchdowns, seven catches, 110 yards, had three of those in the air, did have one rushing on the ground. But man, he looked he looked like the new Martavis Bryant over there, new Plaxico Burris for them. He was he looked that good. Um, so another dynamic in the wide receiver room for Pittsburgh. They got they got some scary guys with Juju Smith Schuster and and company over there. So Eric Ebron as well had five catches for forty three yards. Juju only had four for twenty eight. But you know Juju he Juju's good. I, I know a lot of people want him to be the number one guy in Pittsburgh, and he want they want him to be like AB. He's not like AB guys. He's a different kind of receiver from AB. And Big Ben's figuring that out. Big Ben is trying to figure out all his receivers right now. Once he does that. It's, it's going to be a scary thing for the rest of the league once Big Ben does that. I was hoping that he would take a step back this year, but right now his team's looking really, really good. 
They got a big matchup with the Browns this weekend, like I talked about earlier on the show. So be looking forward to that this week for sure. That'll definitely be a big talking point next week. But we'll go ahead and talk about the uh, Eagles real quick. Um, Carson Wentz is playing a little bit better. Um, still struggling a little bit, but with what he's got on the offensive end, I think he's not playing that bad. He went 20 for 35, 258 yards, had two touchdowns and two interceptions. So you, you're looking for him to cut down on the interceptions for sure. But the touchdowns in the production is still there. He's still not play, he's not playing great, but he's not playing bad either. Uh, Miles Sanders got it going, 11 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Love to see that. Travis Fulgham coming out of nowhere, 10 catches, 152 yards and a touchdown. He's looking like he's taking a step forward in that wide receiver room with all the injuries they got up there in Philly. Be looking for Alshon and Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager to return here soon. But for this week, Travis Fulgham's the guy. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, one catch for 37 yards. You expect so much from that guy being a second-round pick. Just hasn't been able to get it done for the Eagles. Greg Ward, four catches, 26 yards. Former quarterback from Houston, doing really, really well with the Eagles as a practice squad guy that got his opportunity last year. So, you know, the Eagles, 1-3-1, and one, looks in the same record as my Bengals, but they still got a shot in that, AF, in that NFC East with the Cowboys now with the Dak Prescott injury and Andy Dalton taking over there. So, be on the lookout for that. Definitely going to be a good matchup between those two coming up here soon as well. Just a few more games, ladies and gentlemen. I'll try to rush through them. I know you guys want to get to the weekly pick them. But we'll start with the Rams and the Washington football team. Rams get a victory 30-10 to 10 over the Washington football team this weekend. Not a lot to come from from this game, really. Um, let's go ahead and start with the Rams since they won the game. Jared Goff, 21-30 for 309 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Jared Goff's playing really well this season. They're starting off 4-1. Notice all their victories, though, against the NFC East. So keep that in mind, weakest division in football. But Cam Akers had a big run this week, nine carries for 61 yards. And Chami Vey made it known after the game, we're going to make sure we have a bigger role for Cam Akers next week in his first game back from injury. Dale Henderson, 15 carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. Malcolm Brown, eight carries for 30 yards. That's going to continue to look like a Baltimore Ravens backfield over there in L.A. Um, but Henderson and Akers look like you want those want to be the guys going forward. Gerald Everett had four catches for 90 yards. He's looking like he's taking over back number one tight end from Higby after Higby had came on strong last season and the beginning of this year. But Higby still had two catches for 12 yards. He's still being involved in the in the passing game and the run game a lot. So um, just keep an eye out for that. Gerald Everett is playing a little bit better, I believe. But just keep an eye out for Higby. Still might be you know top 15 uh, tight end. So keep an eye out for that. Robert Woods four catches for 71 yards and a touchdown finally got an end zone i know a lot of people had robert woods last year just could never find the end zone always had the production but never could find the end zone cooper cup five catches 66 yards he'll continue to be number one for jared goff he had eight targets led the way so continue to look for that not much from the washington football team kyle and went out early with an injury i know nobody really picked him up but nine for 13 74 yards great story though alex smith comes back from the gruesome leg injury in 2017 Takes the field, but he had to take on Aaron Donald and company. Uh, he goes nine for 17, 37 yards. Definitely NFL comeback player of the year for sure. Coming back from that injury, almost lost his leg, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, definitely want to give a shout out to Alex Smith. Antonio Gibson couldn't get the couldn't get it going. Only had 11 carries for 27 yards. And when they're down, he's not going to see that production. So, hopefully he can get it back going next week. But J.D. McKissick continues to do well. And that system getting six catches, let 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 all receivers six catches for 46 yards. Hopefully my boy Terry McLaurin can pick it back up this week. I believe that he will be interesting to see what they do moving forward with the QB situation here in Washington. 
All right, my upset of the week, which I called in my weekly pickums, which you can always find on our Twitter page, QCSP2020 on Twitter. Go check it out. We pick our weekly picks every week for the NFL week. Dolphins get a victory, 43-17. Called this, guys. Figured that they would go in there and get a victory with all the injuries going on up there in San Francisco. Jimmy G did not look great in his return. So we'll start with the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Fitzmagic, 22-28, 350 yards, three TDs. That's what you're going to get from Fitzmagic when he goes off, and I figured that he would do that this week. Got some help from Miles Gaskin on the ground, 16 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Matt Breida even got in there, got nine carries for 28 yards in his return to the Bay Area. Preston Williams, though, led all receivers, had four catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. His best outing so far as a Dolphin uh, on the opposite side, Devontae Parker only needed two catches and 50 yards and a touchdown this game. Mike Gesicki. Five catches, 91 yards. Finally, a big return for that tight end. He's not seeing a lot of plays on the field, but when he's on the field, they're throwing it to him, which is weird. But, yeah, Mike Kosicki doing really well. But, like I said, they play a lot of different tight ends down there in Miami, and he gets the most catches, but he's not on the field a lot. So definitely something to look to look at going forward. On the other side of the ball with the 49ers, man, Jimmy G just looked bad. He looked really, really bad through two really, really bad interceptions right before the half. And Kyle Shanahan basically said that his ankle was still hurt and benched him in the second half. And they put C.J. Beathard out there. Uh, Beathard went nine for 18, 94 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he wasn't a whole lot better. But uh, Raheem Mostert, 11 carries for 90 yards on the ground, had a huge day. And he continues to be the number one out there in the Bay Area for San Francisco. Debo Samuel returned. Didn't do a lot in the whole passing game, but he had eight targets. So that's really good to see going forward. Brennan Ayuk had three catches for 44 yards on six targets. And George Kittle, four catches for 44 yards on eight targets. They just struggled this week. It was a bad, it was a bad game for the 49ers and all. This week they lose 43-17. to 17. All right, only two more games left, guys. Let me go ahead and try to wrap this up for you real quick. Minnesota plays the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks come out with a 27-26 victory. And for someone that had this in our parlay and needed this to, to just come out even this weekend, this was just beautiful to see. Seahawks get a stop late in the game. Minute, minute, minute and some change left. And Russell Wilson at one timeout and drives the ball all the way down the field, scores a touchdown. Got on, got a fourth down and 10, converted to DK Metcalf, had a fourth and goal, converts to DK Metcalf for the touchdown, wins the game. It was beautiful. Russell Wilson, MVP. I, can, I, don't, I don't know how you can say anybody else could get the MVP besides maybe Aaron Rodgers, but man, played really, really well. 20 for 32, 217 yards, three touchdowns, had the bad pick interception in the fourth quarter, but came back with the game winning drive, so it didn't matter. Also had five rushes for 58 yards. That's what Russell Wilson does. Chris Carson, eight carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf continues to be a monster. Six catches for 93 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, four catches for 44 yards. Greg Olson only had one catch for 20. And Chris Carson looks like he had six catches for 27 out the backfield. So that's good to see for all Chris Carson owners. Glad that he was able to bounce back. Didn't miss any time with that injury. He looks really good. On the other side of the ball, I heard that Dalvin Cook got hurt, didn't finish the rest of this game, but apparently he's going to be fine moving forward. But he finished with 17 yards, 17 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Alexander Madison really picked it up, though, in the second half, had 20 carries for 112 yards. Just needed to get that fourth down. Could have really iced the game. I understand why Zimmer went for it, but kicked the field goal, go up eight. They got to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. 
It's just tough. I understand what he's saying. His team's at one and three. He's trying to go ahead and end the game right there. All you need is one yard. Can't really disagree with him on that one, but it cost him in the end. Kirk Cousins, 27 for 39, 249 yards, had two touchdowns and interception. Just don't think Kirk Cousins is really going to be your guy that you need when you need to go get it done. So, um, but they'll continue to ride with him, obviously. In the passing game, uh, Justin Jefferson didn't do a whole lot, had three catches for 23 yards. You're looking for a lot more, only had five targets. Adam Thielen, though, continues to do what Adam Thielen does. Nine catches for 80 yards on 13 targets, two touchdowns. That's pretty much what Adam Thielen's been doing through these last couple of years. You just hope that Justin Jefferson can catch on and get a few more of those targets in the future. All right, last game of the week was between the Titans and the Bills on Tuesday night football. I know it was only the second Tuesday night football game in NFL history, apparently, last night. Caught that on the game. But the Bills lose 42-16. to Titans continue to look good. 4-0. Bills go to 4-1. And, man, that defense really, really showed up for the Titans last night. Stifled Josh Allen and company. He had two interceptions, 26-41, for 263 yards. They'd have two touchdowns with that as well. But this hasn't looked like the Josh Josh Allen we've seen these first couple of weeks. The defense really, really put on a good game plan for him. TJ Yeldon, seven carries for 52 yards. Devin Singletary, 11 carries for 25 yards. He just couldn't find anything on the ground. Stephon Diggs has 16 targets. You love to see that. 10 catches for 106 yards. Gabriel Davis coming in second with five catches for 58 yards. No John Brown this game. That did hurt, but you continue to see him moving forward. I think they'll play better. You could tell that him not being out there really hurt them because they just couldn't go down the field deep because they didn't have a deep shot. Cole Beasley had six catches for 53 yards. Just not a whole lot going for the Bills on the offensive side of the ball. Tannehill looks really, really good. 21 to 28, 195 yards and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry had one of the meanest stiff arms of the year on Josh Norman last night. Oh, my God, it was filthy. Made him look like a rag doll. 19 carries for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Continue to see that from him moving forward. A.J. Brown finally got his first action of the season. Seven catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of what you were expecting from him coming into the year. Him not playing those first couple weeks really kind of scare people away. But I know a lot of A.J. Brown owners are happy to see that production. John New Smith also had two touchdowns, five catches for 40 yards. Man, he's really starting to become a real red zone threat with that with that Titans offense, man. He, he Two touchdowns yesterday on five catches. You love to see that if you got him on your team. Um, so Anthony Fertzker had three catches for 19 yards. Not a whole lot from anybody else. Titans get a victory 42 to 16. And that's going to wrap up our weekly cap of all the games. Let's go ahead and get into the weekly picks for this week. All right, let's look at our week five pick them from last week. I was able to go 11 and three on my first weekly pick them. Love see to that games. I lost. Let's go ahead and find out which ones those were. It was the well, the Patriots game didn't happen. Falcons, yeah, I did pick the Falcons over the Panthers. Unfortunately, looks like I picked the Chiefs over Oakland, and looks like I also picked the Bills over the Titans. So, yeah, those are my three losses for the weekend. But hey, was able to get everything else correct. So, looking real, real confident going into week six. But, yeah, so let's go ahead and look at week six. And, you know, our first game of the week, we got Denver and New England coming on Sunday. 
For this game, I definitely believe that the New England Patriots will bounce back. I believe that Cam Newton will also be back for this game. Uh, Don't quote me on that. Make sure you're looking at your ESPN apps and your fantasy apps, checking to make sure you get some updates. But I do believe New England will bounce back this week. Houston's going into Nashville to battle the Texans. Just think that the Titans are on a whole nother level this year. I did pick Houston to win that division before the season, but hopefully they can get an upset, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Titans this weekend. Pittsburgh playing Cleveland this week. It's a big game in the AFC North. I believe that Pittsburgh, though, is back with Big Ben under center, so I believe that they'll move to 5-0 this weekend. Philadelphia is playing the Eagles this week, and I believe that Baltimore bounces back, gets a victory over the Eagles to bounce them to 1-4-1. Baltimore moves to 5-1 this weekend. New York Giants playing the Washington football team. That's a very, very bad game. I believe the Giants will figure out how to get their first victory of of the season over them this weekend. Don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for Washington. Minnesota at ATL, battle of two bad teams right now. I believe Minnesota figures it out, gets a victory over Atlanta at home this weekend in Minnesota. I'm picking Jacksonville over Detroit Lions this weekend. believe Gardner Minshew and company can get a victory over Detroit at home. Indy's playing the Colts this weekend, and I just got to go with the Bengals on this one. I know, I know, I know Colts fans out there aren't going to be happy about that. I know Trace ain't going to be happy about that or Aaron, but when Phillip Rivers is your quarterback, I just don't think you're giving your team that much of a shot. So I'm going to take my Bengals this weekend. Hopefully the offensive offensive side of the ball can figure things out. They get a victory over the Colts in Indianapolis this weekend. Hopefully get Joe Mixon going. Bears playing Carolina. Give me the Bears over Carolina. Give me the Jets losing to Miami in Miami this weekend. Fitzmagic moves the Dolphins to 3-3. Three and three. Let me get Tampa Bay losing to Green Bay this weekend. I believe Aaron Rodgers and company focus. Go down there and get a victory over Tom Brady and company to move to 5-0. Rams playing the 49ers. Give me the Rams. Kansas City's playing Buffalo on Monday Night Football. Give me Kansas City in a close one over Buffalo, and then give me the Arizona Cardinals also on Monday Night Football over the Dallas Cowboys. But let's talk about these picks a little bit. I know that some of you guys probably don't even agree with them, but I'm going to go ahead and post them on Twitter tonight. Let's talk about it. If you disagree with me, let me know why. You know, I want to know what you guys are thinking as well. So get at me on Twitter. Like I said, it's going to be under the Queen City Sports Podcast Twitter page, which is QCSP2020. Check out. That's where we post all of our content, post all of our weekly pickums, And, you know, we're going to start getting into betting a little bit, too, on our next show with Tom Barry that we have coming out here real soon. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. But, yeah, so, you know, I was able to break even this weekend, didn't do a whole lot on the betting circuit. But, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit on these next couple of shows. I know a lot of people out there like to throw their money around a little bit, see what they can come up with. So let's talk about that a little bit on these next couple of shows. Be on the lookout for that. All right. Well, that's just going to about wrap it up here on the Queen City Sports Podcast tonight. I appreciate you guys tuning in, listening. I hope you guys do enjoy the content. Like I said, if you guys got any kind of feedback or anything like that, please let me know. I want to hear what you guys got to say, what you like about the show, what you didn't like about the show. If it was too long, do you want it to be shorter? You know, what topics do you want to hear? I want to hear about any of that and all of that from everyone out there that does listen to my show. I appreciate you guys that do tune in. We do have another episode coming out soon with Tom Barry and company where that's going to cover a lot more college football, college basketball, all kinds of sports. So be on the lookout for that. Me and Jesse Salazar do have our Bengals podcast coming up again on Sunday. That will be available on Monday as well. We'll recap the Bengals and Colts game from this weekend. 
And if there's anything else that you guys want to hear here on the Queen City Sports Podcast, let us know. We're going to start getting some guests in here as well, get some interviews going. I know you guys want to hear from all the athletes out there as well. So we'll start working on that. But like I said, thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for listening. And like I said, if there's anything that I can do to better better you guys or something better that you guys want to hear out there, please let me know. But like I said, thank you guys for listening. It's your boy Cam Lee here on the Queen City Sports Podcast signing out. See you guys soon. Thank you.